You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to What's Up Next, where your hosts, Paul David Thompson and Doc G, take the discussion on topics in the financial independence movement to the next level. Guest panelists share their opinion to questions that don't have clear answers to help you refine your path to financial independence. Welcome. This is Paul David Thompson from Ready Investor One. And this is Doc G from Diversify.com. So, Paul Thompson, what's up next? Well, hey, Doc, we have an interesting episode today where we're, it's a bonus episode where we recorded at Camp Fi Rocky Mountains in Colorado Springs, Colorado, where you couldn't attend. And we're going to jump right into the episode. And with that, that let's just kick off the podcast. This is what we are coining the pop up podcasting and this is paul thompson from what's up next this is mindy jensen from bigger pockets money and this is paula pant from afford anything and so we're going to ask the question that someone needs to ask me what's up next paul <laughs> oh uh, what, what's up next paul well we have a panel today of the entire audience the question is what is your wi-fi so we're at camp Fi, colorado 2019 and this is the first time we've had it here and right in colorado so we're going to ask the question of... But before this gets started, for the sake of everybody who's not in this room who is listening, I just have to note that all three of us are drinking on the job. <laughs> if, if this were the drive through of a McDonald's, this would be a fireable offense. But so long as we are sharing money-related uh, education, it's normal. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Paula, are you saying you don't drink on your podcast? I, I do not. I never do. And when I record the Stacking Benjamins podcast, I am the only person not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Okay, so who wants to kick us off? I want I start. Yes. Okay. okay. First, do we need to define phi for anybody who hasn't heard of it? Do we? People, people in, the, uh, in listener land? Why a phi? Okay, so why do you want to do this thing that rhymes with why? Fi. <laughs> Financial independence uh, can be defined differently for different people. And for, for me, it's having control of my, my, my time and my energy. And my why of fi is that I want to be able to never ask permission to spend more time with my family ever again. Because I was in the corporate world and I never got to take more than a one-week vacation for 17 years. I think Carl said the same thing. And so my big experience was a, a beach vacation trip that said, why do I, am I going back to work? I have the money. I, but I don't have the freedom to continue my, my vacation. That's my Wi-Fi. My why of Fi is so I can work where I want to work and spend my time doing the things that I want to do. I do enjoy working. I have had a series of um, not amazing jobs, and I found, 
I found financial freedom and now I can do what I want where money is not an object. My why of fi, this is going to sound crazy, uh, it is to work more. Um, but, but not in the way that you might be imagining. My Wi-Fi is that I realized that I wanted to be self-employed full-time. I wanted to run my own business, and I knew that there would be inherent volatility in that. And so as long as I could establish a safety net of at least, le at a minimum, lean financial independence, it meant that I would be able to... Uh, work on my own terms as a self-employed person and ride out the natural volatility that comes with entrepreneurship. All right. So we'll offer anybody else to come up and join if you have uh, what your Wi-Fi might be. And then we'll play the Jeopardy music while we're waiting. <laughs> Wait, do, do we have to pay royalties for that? Probably. <laughs> Hi, I'm Autumn. My Wi-Fi is so that I can do what I want when I want. And I can actually go to the little class parties in my daughter's third grade class that she asks me every time to go to and go to all of my son's events that I can work in the garden in the morning when it feels good. And we can go on vacation without having to ask permission. How long have you been pursuing financial independence? How far along on the journey are you? One year. Yeah. Awesome. What has been the most surprising thing about it so far? Um, actually, how easy it is. Mm. I was surprised at how easy it is once I started listening to the podcasts and reading more. I was able to make very quick changes. You know, we decided, hey, we are going to do this. Okay, we're going to do everything we need to do to do it now. And we have accelerated very quickly with it. And do you have a, a, a date or is that date or that number even important to you? It's not important and I don't know a number or a date. I just keep having fun um, pursuing it. <laughs> and learning more different ways to pursue it faster. You said you were able to make changes quickly. What were some of the big changes that you made or the, some of the changes that had the biggest impact? Um, we moved to a lower cost of living area. I got a job with the state that actually paid a lot better. We purchased um, real estate for investing, including uh, a banknote, a single family home that we're going to turn out to rent and a mobile home park. And we um, learned about buying businesses. So we purchased a Napa Auto Parts and commercial business, commercial real estate. And um, we downsized to a Honda Insight for me, which at first I was really mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> but then um, I've actually grown to really love the gas mileage that it gets. So then nothing big. No, nothing, <laughs> nothing. And you did all of this in a year? Yes. <laughs> so uh, the natural follow-up, do you have any time management tips for mortal human beings? <laughs> um, I often say that my ADHD really helps me with this because I am on buy and on real estate and investing 24-7. And I'm always calculating things and thinking of creative financing all the time. One last question for you from me is, mm -hmm. uh, how did you hear about Camp I? And this is your first time here, right? How, yes. how did you hear about it? From the Choose FI Facebook page mm -hmm. and the podcast, they talked about it. And I immediately was excited about getting together with other people who felt the same way about finance. So you came from how far away to come to Colorado to talk a bunch of to, about money nerds? About <laughs> we came from West Texas, which would have been a 10-hour drive. But we had to drive four hours south to drop off kids. 
and then we flew in. <laughs> I'll call that some dedication. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Hey, my name is Zach Johnson. So you're going to ask me what's my YFI, right? Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, great. What's your YFI? Oh, excellent leading question. So um, growing up, basically, I had a list of things I absolutely want to do that are not going to make me a lot of money, but I want to do. Um, and so it's a short list, but I want to be, um, I want to go and uh, be Second City trained. So mm. it's a it's a Chicago, basically, renowned comedy group where all the SNL writers come from. Uh, and it sounds like a really great way to just, I don't know, learn comedy from the start through 100%. And I'm really excited about it, but it's not going to make me any money. I'm not going to be the next John Mulaney crossing my fingers, but anyway. <laughs> uh, so I'd love to... Uh, um, be a butler for a little bit. <laughs> life because, goals. Because first of all, go ahead. I don't share that life goal. <laughs> I have kids. I've already been a butler. <laughs> so you you don't want to look into the life of like the the ultra rich and just be like, yeah, sure, I can go get cream cheese for you at a, two a.m. You crazy person. Wait, wait, aren't, aren't we already the ultra rich? Oh, <laughs> very good point, Paul. <laughs> So the last few are, I, I want to be a cook in an Indian restaurant because my soul food is Indian food and I want to be able to make it and it's the hardest recipes and I can never make it right. Shout out to my friend Van who can cook like nobody's business. You should come visit. All right, I'll look for an invitation. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the last one is, um, I want to ride across the USA on my bicycle. I want it to be a tandem bicycle. And um, I kind of want to have like a mannequin skeleton on the back. <laughs> who's like his feet are zip tied to the pedals. So he looks like he's pedaling. And that's for personal reasons. <laughs> <laughs> the last one is I, I just want a huge garden in, in, a, in a house that I built myself. I think um, uh, Mr. Collins and maybe Pete Adney, I forget who, there, there was a podcast where they talked about the pride they felt about building their own shelter. And I really connected on that. I was like, man, that sounds awesome. I want that, but I need a way to get there. So that's why I'm chasing Phi. That's an excellent answer. That's what I would call living life by design and not by default. Awesome. So I, I have a, um, a suggestion for you. So what I would call that is my definition of that is called a life list. Life list. And put that on your uh, website. Like Go get your zach.com website and put okay. your life list out there and tell, tell the world about it. Awesome. Thanks for the suggestion. Zach.com might be taken. <laughs> <laughs> Add that to your life goals. Who's next? What's up? Who's up next? Sorry, I can't say what. <laughs> <laughs> what person is up next? Hello, my name is Chris. Uh, my YFI is... I have a beautiful wife and two daughters, and I love adventure, and I want to take them around the world and do some very adventurous things that cannot be squeezed within a two-week um, typical vacation schedule. So that is, uh, that is why we have pursued Phi and are getting ready to execute on that. And so how, uh, how long have you been pursuing Phi? Um, uh, it's similar to some other folks here. It's like I was pursuing it before I even knew it was a thing. Mm. Um, I lived a pretty frugal, save-heavy lifestyle, uh, but then once I started to find amazing uh, podcasts like Afford Anything and, uh, and that, uh, it, it really kick-started the, uh, the thing. So probably over the last four or five years, um, as our 
you know, we've officially been on the path, that journey. And so on that journey, what have you found to be your biggest obstacle in getting there? Uh, my fear. I, I, it took me a long time to, uh, to go from the mindset of, I just need to save a bunch of money to, oh, I could actually invest this money. I'd seen, uh, the stock market do a number and I had a number of, uh, family members that have done real estate and they did a great job of scaring me out of never wanting to be a landlord. <laughs> but thankfully, uh, bigger pockets and a lot of amazing people there, uh, helped me to get over that fear. And so then I fart, or <laughs> I did not fart. Well, maybe I did, but uh, I first, I first bought, uh, you know, we, we bought our first rental property then the second and the third. And then after that, they just kind of became cookie cutter and, and it was just like autopilot and it wasn't that big deal. But yeah, it took a, it took a lot of months of me second guessing and running spreadsheets over and over and over and over and over again uh, to convince myself that this wasn't the dumbest thing I've ever done and I'm going to put my family in jeopardy, you know, and lose it all, you know, type of deal. Was there anything that kind of pushed you over the edge towards investing, towards finally taking that final step? Because I hear that a lot. Oh, I, I don't know if I should. I, I'm scared to do it. Absolutely. So um, when uh, I'm 40 now, uh, when my wife and I turned 30, she uh, got a diagnosis of, of an autoimmune condition and we didn't know much about that. And it was extremely scary. And so I lived I was following a script of, you know, you go to college, you get a job, you crank it out till you're 70 years old. Then, you know, in those golden years, that's when you kind of relax and take the time to really get to know your spouse and all that. Her diagnosis, uh, it, it, it scared me at first and uh, uh, it scared us both. We realized we may not have uh, till 70 to, uh, to get to really know each other and to live an intentional life. So it, uh, it expedited our our call to action to uh, really say like, okay, what are, what's really important to us? What are our values? And are we going to be able to do this? Uh, so the first step was allowing her to stay home with the kids, which I was, again, scared. You know, this is the, th the theme here is Chris gets scared easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, how do we go from a two, two income household to a one income household? You know, this is, this is not what normal people do. You know, we work, we work, we work. Uh, even though, you know, we knew that she needed to de-stress and she needed to spend time with, you know, raising our kids and, and all that kind of stuff. So got over that hump and then that, that helped us to then start to bust through other barriers. Thank you. Oh, hello. I'm John from Mr. Money Mustache App. And my YFI really came down to our kids. We realized that uh, we only had a very limited window that we were given this gift and we wanted to be able to maximize the time that we got to spend with them. And we knew that if we continued working in our day-to-day -day jobs, we got maybe two hours at night before they went to bed. We barely saw them before we left in the morning to go off to our jobs. So we wanted to be able to leave that behind, uh, at least spend the time until they go off to college as much as we could with them and enjoy that together as a family. What was your biggest obstacle to quitting your job and to kind of accepting that it's okay to leave and be unemployed. Uh, fear definitely is a huge obstacle. Um, there was this sense of need for more. We had been on the hedonic treadmill, the lifestyle inflation, and looking at our current spend when we first kind of ran into the FI world, we were right at a, a tipping point where we were looking at uh, our frugality and saying, you know, we kind of had lost our way. And so seeing at our current spend level, would we ever make it to 
being able to retire, we thought eh, it's just not going to be able to happen. And so when looking at the uh, Peace blog, obviously, Mr. Money Mustache, as well as uh, Carl, and looking at a few other people in the the FI community, we were able to figure out that we really didn't need all these things in our life that we thought were important. When we prioritized what our values really were, it's about spending time with our kids. We don't need a fancy car. We don't need boats. And we went through kind of that stripping down process. And it's just amazing to look at how we live our lives now and what, based on intentional choices, rather than just simply what our neighbors were doing and what we thought was a fun thing to do or try. So what were some of those cuts you made? And conversely, what were some of the items that you intentionally chose to keep in your life? So uh, it's the same answer for both, actually. Uh, travel is one of those areas that we cut. We had been spending ridiculous amounts of money. Uh, we, we love to tell this story of our Disney World trip followed by a Disney cruise with a two, three weeks vacation. I don't remember, but it was a very expensive, expensive trip with the full family. And we looked at that and went, man, that was a car that we just paid for with that one trip. And travel was important to us. We wanted to cut that, but we still wanted to keep it in our life. And fortunately, my wife loves travel optimization, as she likes to make sure she calls it. And so we were able to start churning cards and be able to find some ways to still enjoy worldwide travel, be able to take, uh, in fact, now more time and spend that travel time with our kids just in a slightly different way. So road trips, even travel hacking, getting flights, being able to stay in hotels for three weeks at a time. It's just been able to change the way that we travel, but still enjoy that time with our kids, which is really what our goal was. And so you are now retired. Is that correct? I would say that we are, uh, retired is a strong word. You're not gainfully employed. We, I am not gainfully employed. That is correct. So, I'm no longer working traditional jobs. So, and are you at this point taking withdrawals and living off withdrawals? We have started our Roth conversion ladder. We have not withdrawn money that we are, we, we're living off savings at this point. Perfect. Come on up. Hi, I'm Sylvia and I'm with SMI Financial Coaching and the why of five for me has been choices. Um, I met my then husband, um, or my then boyfriend, now husband, and <laughs> sorry, still boyfriend, husband, um, in San Francisco, and we were making great money. I mean, we were making two, you know, six-figure salaries, but he told me, you know, if you want to get married and have kids, we can't live in San Francisco. And I remember feeling just deflated. Like I felt like we worked so hard, we made all this money, but yet I couldn't afford a lifestyle to live where I wanted. So for me, it really just came down to choices. Like I felt like I didn't have a choice. I wanted, you know, I met the man of my dreams, but he came from a different financial background. He came from a family that never talked about money. And so we started in a very different place than I imagined where I was gonna be. And so I ended up leaving San Francisco, which was really, really difficult for me because actually spent my whole time wanting to move to San Francisco, got there and felt like I had to leave because we didn't have a choice. So for me, FI has been about choice. Um, and then also, I also had a huge health scare, which actually landed me in the emergency room. Um, and that actually um, was the jumping point for me leaving my corporate job um, because I needed to take care of my health and I was in a, uh, in a job that required 100% travel. And so for me, it's just, again, came down to choice. Like, making sure that was I 
was I willing to put my life at risk or was I going to make sure that money, like we had enough money to survive? How did you prepare for leaving your corporate job? First, I actually asked for a leave of absence. I was actually really, really scared to tell them um, that I had a health scare that, you know, landed me in the emergency room. Um, so I asked for a leave of absence, which they were very accommodating for. Um, so I took a three-month leave. And when that three months was over, my health still wasn't where I needed it to be. So that's when I came back and told them I needed to leave. Um, so they were, they still wanted me to stay. They were trying to figure out a way for me to um, stay on. So um, they did try to accommodate. But at that point, I just realized like my health was like 100% focused at that point. And so what are you doing now? Uh, so now I actually have a coaching business. I actually taken that time off and, you know, my husband had a job, so he was able to support the family. Um, so I actually started, I had that time and that creativity to really figure out like, what was I passionate about? And for me, it was figuring out how to help other people who were making six figure salaries and felt like they didn't have choices and helping them figure out how to live the life that they could afford if they made different choices. What are some of those key choices or key questions that a person needs to ask themselves? Uh, great question. Um, so goal-based. I usually start all my clients with goal-based exercises. So I had flashcards and I said, you know, rank what is the most important things to you? Um, and, you know, a lot of times people tell me that they did, have never even thought about it. They're like, oh, well, I'm actually spending all this money in X category, but that's actually not something I even value. Where are you on your journey to Phi? Um, so... I would say I'm probably by in the sense that I don't have a corporate job. So I have my coaching business. I love what I do. Um, my husband's employed still. So, um, but yeah, right now, I mean, I'm, we're not quite there yet. I probably think about 10 years. Is your husband on the path with you or are you bringing him along kicking and screaming or? So it's interesting. So he, he's doing what he loves. Like he is passionate about his career. So for him, he gets the fire movement, but he, does, he feels like he is already fire. Thank you for sharing. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Range Rover Sport. Range Rover Sport leads by example. With a visceral, uncompromising, and dramatic feel, this car helps you rise to the occasion. How does it do that? Range Rover Sport has powerful on-road performance and commanding all-terrain capability by combining assertiveness with signature Range Rover refinement. This is the car that redefines sporting luxury. The new Range Rover Sport features advanced cabin technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, purposeful cockpit-like driving position, and award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment is at the heart of the experience and provides intuitive control of the vehicle systems. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. Once again, explore and build your Range Rover Sport at L-A-N-D-R-O-V-E-R-U-S-A dot com. That's LandRoverUSA dot com. All right, so most of us know the bad news already. If you were using Mint as a budgeting app, it has shut down. But the good news is there's something better, and it's called Monarch Money. I started using Monarch Money myself about five months ago. And I knew immediately that I liked it more than any other budgeting app I had ever used. For one, it focuses on collaboration. This is easy to share with your spouse, your partner, your financial advisor, and it's aspirational. Not only can you look at your current budget, but what do you want to buy? What do you want your goals to be? You can focus on those in Monarch Money. 
It's the next generation of personal finance apps. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Furthermore, you can create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash earn. Again, that's monarchmoney.com slash E-A-R-N. What I like about this app is it's intuitive, easy to use, quick to sign on. It's collaborative, as we talked about. It's customizable. The idea is you can use this app the way you want to use it. And the reason why is the Monarch Money team is customer focused. They are focusing on you, me, and all the other people who want to use this app to live a better financial life. After trying out Monarch Money for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash earn. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-A-R-N for your extended 30-day free trial. Hello, my name is Juan and my Wi-Fi I'm still trying to figure that one out. A couple of things. uh, I can relate to some of the things that Sylvia said. Options, it's a big one for me. I want to be able to, you know, decide what I want to do with my life. A couple of things that come to mind. Um, Kids, I have two two boys. I want to spend a lot of time with them. I want to be able to travel. I want to spend a lot of time with my wife. I want to um, spend time with my my parents too. So that's kind of the why to five. How how long have you been on the Phi path, and how are you um, achieving it? How are you going about it? So um, I guess Phi Phi itself, I've been on it for four years since 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so far it's going well. Um, I'm a big numbers guy, but I don't keep track of you know 10 years or nine years or years. I'm just doing my thing, you know, trying to make sure that I'm optimized to the best of my knowledge and. Just trying to keep going, enjoying the journey. That's pretty much it. So I'm curious, what's your, what is your target? That's one thing we haven't asked yet, you know, the why of phi, but what is your level of phi? My level of phi? Is there a number? Is, is it the 4% rule? Is there, what's, when, when will you define that you are phi? So, you know, I've been thinking about that because, you know, a lot has been said about the 4% rule, but, you know, I'm, I still have, I'm, I'm still young, so I'm quite a ways, you know, from, you know, being able to access some of the, you know, the taxi for vehicles and all that. So right now, my pers- my perspective has has uh, changed more to, um, you know, how do I create passive income? You know, how do I create additional sources so that I don't have to rely on just one source of income? Which you know, right now it's uh, I'm full time employee. So uh, the one thing I can tell you is that you know nothing is for sure. The one thing is for sure is that you know as long as you're employed, you know, you know everything, you know anything could happen. So. Right now, you know, one of the things that I've been looking forward to getting a lot out of this campfire is, you know, how do I, you know, diversify more along the lines of creating passive income because I just don't want to rely on one income. So I don't think I answer your question, but yeah, I don't have a number. But right now, my my mind has shifted more towards uh, not uh, a number waiting for me, but more, you know, how do I make sure that I create passive income to at least get to the point that they get to the same point point where my monthly expenses are. At that point, I think I would consider myself a uh, FI. And so what have you gotten out of Camp FI so far this week? I think the first thing is the people. I had no expectations coming to this. So... <laughs> uh, 
it was good. <laughs> well, you know, but the one thing I will say is that, you know, by having no expectations, I didn't have a framework, you know, like in my mind, you know, this definition, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 or whatever, you know. So uh, I came with, you know, my mind completely open. You know, I told myself, I'm just going to be a sponge. I'm going to ask lots of questions, you know, I'm going to try to get to know a lot of people because the one thing that I've found really challenging has been building community in terms of being able to talk about this stuff with, you know, my friends, you know, relatives, you know, even my parents, you know, it's, it's just difficult to engage in, in a conversation around money. So um, being able to just talk freely to, you know, everybody here has been phenomenal. It has been very rewarding. So I have to say the sense of community that I get in, the FI community in general is just so rewarding and it's so helpful to stay on the track when you're not the only frugal weirdo out there. I agree a hundred percent. You know, initially I felt a little bit alone, you know, on the journey because man, obviously, you know, how you have the blogs and you have the podcasts and all that. What I felt was that I needed to have connections with people, you know, the face-to-face interaction, it's super rewarding. So I think that has been the best thing that I've got so far out of Camp FI. Just, being able to connect with people. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. So what is your Wi-Fi? Um, and introduce yourself. Okay. Um, my name is Lee. I am 23. 22 I, until Monday. Okay, I am 22 <laughs> until Monday. <laughs> um, and I just finished my degree in electrical engineering in June of 2018. Um, I kind of just had a goal to just become debt free. And then I heard about FI and what came with it sounded like was freedom. Um, when you graduate, you kind of expect to work a nine to five for the rest of your life. And I don't think anyone graduates and wants to do that. Um, and so just to see that there was actually like an outlet or an opportunity to do that is what made me want to pursue FI. Um, and then just seeing that, like, there are people who are doing it and it works, um, even though it's not common for people in my age range to actually think that they can do it. It's like I'm seeing people live it out. It's real. It can happen. That's why I want to pursue FI. Do you have a, a goal age for achieving either debt freedom or financial freedom? Um, let's say debt freedom, maybe by 25, 24 um, and then five by 35 but that's just me being like graceful as like I just want to live well essentially um I want to be able to live and have what I need without worrying about it but I don't care to be wealthy or to be rich I just want to live happily make sure I can take care of my kids and enjoy life um 35 sounds like I'll be able to do that by then (laughs) (laughs) what did you say Paul life by design instead of life by default Mm -hmm. that's the best goal yeah. How do you think that you, uh, like, how do you plan to pursue FI? So I was just hearing a bunch of different methods. So I was hearing about real estate, um, hearing about mobile homes. There's a... <laughs> I'm learning that there's so many different routes. I don't necessarily have like a after debt free plan yet. It's more so if I'm just going to snowball it. And then when I'm debt free, now I have a plan. Maybe that's investing. Maybe that's real estate. Um, I'm not sure, but right now it's just like, I want to pay off debt. And then after that, I want to, I don't know. I just want to reach financial independence and be happy. What caused your initial enthusiasm for being debt free? Because not every 22 until Monday year old has that. <laughs> um, 
it's just nobody wants to owe anyone money ever. Um, and then just seeing that, like, when you get an education, the objective is to actually make money. And you're like, you're not doing that until you're debt free. So it's like, mm. well, I want to actually make money and I want that to be mine. So that's like accelerate the process as fast as you can. And so it was just like, I just want to have a life and let it be mine. I want to work and take the whole check. Um, mm. It was just like, yeah. I don't want to live the normal life or what's expected. Um, I just want to live and be happy and be in control of my life rather than, um, I guess, whoever I'm indebted to being in control of it. Mm. So I would go ahead and hashtag that. I want to work and take the whole check. (laughs) So what audacity does it take to come from all the way from Houston, Texas at 22, almost 23 to come to talk to a bunch of money nerds in Colorado? Um, It's just like, I want to take in all of your wisdom. I want to soak it in like a sponge. I want to take your life experience and I want to use it for my own life. It's just like I'm surrounded by a wealth of knowledge, so why not try to learn and take in as much as I can? I think that's when that's a missed opportunity is when you see it as um, as I'm I'm too young or something's wrong. You miss that when you limit yourself. So it was more so just like I have all these amazing minds in the room. Why not come and listen and take in as much mm-hmm. as I can? Um, you have to see it as an opportunity rather than I'm not old enough or I'm not ready. I would say you're dropping the wisdom right there. Listen up, right? (laughs) What are you most excited about moving forward? I'm excited about seeing what life has to offer. I'm learning things about the FU period. Someone told me about that today. (laughs) I've never even heard of that. Just seeing all these different, like, these opportunities and things that can come of life rather than just like what's typical, pay the minimum on your loan and do that for the rest of your life and hope that at some point you can pay it off. It's like, no, you can have control over your life and you can shape it the way you want it to be. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of, I don't know. Mm, I, asked, <laughs> I asked what you were most excited about. Actually, yeah. um, so for, for everyone listening to this podcast in their, in their car or on their jog during their morning commute, uh, some people might not know what what FU stands for, what, what it, what it, I mean, they know what it stands for, <laughs> but in the, in the context of fire or phi, <laughs> would you like to define it? <laughs> um, so I just learned it today and it's essentially when you've saved up enough money to where it's like when you go into your job, like you can actually have the power to make decisions you want to make. Um, if your employer asks you to do something that you want to do and you're like, maybe I don't want to do that. And then you'd be like, well, okay, you can't do that. Well, I'm going to wash my hands with the job or um, and the employer is probably going to look at you and say, no, you, what do you mean? You, you don't want to do this anymore. Um, or just saying like, Hey, you, um, you want a bigger raise. And they say, no, you're like, that's okay. I'll just find something else. Um, FUP is basically when you have control over your life and you're not dependent on that next paycheck. Mm-hmm. And when handled well and appropriately in the workplace, I think having FU money actually makes you a better employee and has better service to your employer if done with the right spirit, for sure. Having having been there and and been in that place, I poured my heart and soul into a a job that I was able to push back and got, I I would say, much better reward because – of that and because I wasn't afraid of the, the consequences of not having a job because I got to keep the whole check. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't really think you're 22. <laughs> so do you, you want a job on a podcast? <laughs> so I think the next podcast will be started by Lee, right? Yeah. 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 We're going to do yeah. that. Thanks for joining us. All right, tell us what your name is. Hi, I'm Becky. My husband and I came to Phi very late. And so, honestly, our why of Phi was to be able to retire at all. Um, we, at one point in our lives, were faced with, I'm not sure if we'll ever get there because we had traveled such a hard path. Um, but between falling into the typical American consumerism, not being, um, not having any instruction or guidance about saving and being frugal, poor choices that we made, and then circumstances that were thrust upon us. Um, we found ourselves in midlife with no savings, no emergency fund, not really knowing how we were going to pay for the groceries. And then facing, within just a few years of that point, facing three kids that were going to need to go to college. And we had saved nothing for it. And at that point in time, and, and the reason that I'm here is because I, I like to, not for myself and, and our story, but I like to throw this out to the public to, to give people hope that are in this position of it's not too late. It's never too late to start making wise choices and, and turn your life around. Um, we actually started at net worth zero at 50 years old like I said, not thinking that we were going to be able to retire. Um, there was a point when I thought we could pay on this debt for the rest of our lives and never get out of it. But we found Dave Ramsey first. That turned us around and got us on the right path, got us debt-free, um, got us investing, being more frugal. It, it really took our mindset and just turned it 180 degrees. And I went from being a spender to really getting excited about the fact that we could cut our costs and just have a better life than we had had before. It, it was very stressful in our marriage, obviously, to, to go through what we were going through. My husband retired at the end of 2018 from a company and a group of people that he loved, but a, a job that was very stressful. So we are recently retired, and between 50 and 63, we cash flowed three kids college and three weddings. Oh, wow. So it's been, it's, it's been an amazing ride. And I will tell you that it was as if God was waiting for us to, to grow up and make wise choices. And as soon as we did, then he started blessing the choices we were making because there's no reason why we should be where we are now, just on our own effort. And so at this point in our life, one of the reasons that we are excited about Phi is so that we can be generous and live our lives. I, I've heard this phrase, and I love it, that you can live your life at the speed of your generosity. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, that's where we are right now. So how do you make the switch from someone who is very spendy to someone who is more conscious with their money? Fear. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and it took, I mean, I have, I have said many times that I 
never, ever want to go back to where we were. But if we had not walked through that pain, we wouldn't be where we are now. Because it took extreme circumstances to, to change my attitude and my mindset. You might call that the OS moment? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because you didn't have FU money? But that, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for, for being so courageous, being vulnerable and sharing with that. Because sure. there, are, you, <laughs> there are a lot of people who I, I hope are listening to this that gain some sort of uh, confidence in that it, you're not the only one out there that has that kind of problem. And it is solvable. It is. It is. I, I've been amazed at um, the number of people I've seen on the Choose FI Facebook page that are asking the same question. I'm 40 years old. I'm 50 years old, and I, and I, don't have anything saved. You know, what do I do? Is it too late for me? It's not too late. You may not end up in the same place as someone else. If you, you know, obviously we would all be better off if we had started earlier. And Lee, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you make me excited. But, um, I mean, obviously all of us can probably um, uh, make the statement of, gosh, if I had known this 10 years ago or if I had known this 20 years ago. But you can also destroy your enthusiasm with regret. So you can't live with regret. You know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but the next best day is today. So... I just encourage everybody to that that is in this position that thinks, you know, as soon as you find this message, you're like, oh my gosh, all the time I wasted. But it's never too late to start making wise choices and do the best you can with what you have. We live in a wonderful and prosperous country, and there are opportunities around every corner. Thank you so much. I have a question question for you, Paula. Yeah, uh, actually, it just to uh, prompt you to re- repeat something you said earlier today about the circle of influence and, and the control and how that uh, is really the only thing you can control and how, how are we supposed to go about solving for that problem? Mm. Okay, so this is a reference to a presentation that I gave earlier today in which I quoted from the first chapter of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, a book written by Stephen Covey. In that book, Stephen Covey describes... Uh, first, what he refers to as a circle of concern, and he draws, in order to illustrate this, a giant circle. And inside of that circle of concern is everything that you could possibly be concerned about, ranging from a zombie apocalypse to whether or not your socks are clean. Um, and those concerns would include your age, it would include your income, your net worth, your earnings, but, but, but it includes everything. It includes, um, am I getting gray hairs? It includes... Um, why does my cat hate me? You know, everything that's inside of your circle of concern. Inside of that circle of concern lives a smaller circle, and that circle is known as your circle of influence. Inside of that circle of influence are the concerns that you can directly influence. And those uh, things that you can directly influence are whether or not your socks are clean. Uh, you can directly influence your your basic day-to-day or month-to-month spending. Of course, there will be certain unexpected expenses, but these are things that are inside of your circle of influence. And he makes the point in uh, his book that the more time that you spend inside of your circle of influence, the larger that circle grows. So basically what you can control, 
right? Mm -hmm. Focus on what you can control. I thought a lot of us think about the, the challenges and the outside forces, and there's really very few things that we can actually control. And one of those is your reaction to your environment, your reaction to circumstances. You can't always control your circumstances. You are where you are. Play the hand that you're dealt and do the best that you can, right? Yeah, one more. Let's do one more. So I'm Kip Bauman. Um, my why of Phi is uh, primarily to spend time with my kids and do what I want to do. Uh, my daughter uh, was born in 2009 with a life-threatening liver disease um, called biliary atresia, which um, really limited my time um, expected to be with her. So I wasn't sure what would happen. Um, I focused on health, which I actually want to present to everybody else here too. Um, my main thing is I left work about three years ago when I felt I was enough Phi, I guess you could say, based on confidence from Mr. Money Mustache. 2017, I didn't know how long I'd have for my daughter. I took a 10,000 mile road trip around the US for seven weeks with my kids, which was just a blast. My daughter was at the time eight, my son was five. Then I went to the pop-up business school for Mr. Money Mustache's uh, grand opening at his headquarters, met just incredible people, such a family. Um, Alan Donegan was amazing uh, and then gave me the confidence to say, I mean, should I say not go back to my engineering that I used to do um, uh, and then actually pursue my interest, which was uh, promoting health. Went back to school, went and got a, a certificate in plant-based nutrition, sustainable agriculture for my good friend, uh, Timory Hagenberger, um, who teaches at uh, Kasumnas River College. And that just opened up the world to me. And now I'm, I'm coaching some people for their health. And it's just amazing to see people turn around from, I mean, just despair and not knowing what to do. And then seeing them get off their medications and be so thankful. I mean, I get texts almost every day from people. I mean, just thank me that, oh, I can't believe that I feel as good as I do. So that's my Wi-Fi. How did you go about pursuing Fi? I guess I was just saving for no real good reason. <laughs> I was just, I mean, out of, I mean, habits and stuff. Um, I guess I built, I mean, fairly good, just putting money away. Um, and then found Pete or the Mr. Money Mustache website in 2013, his blog. Um, and then I actually made changes to be even more um, frugal at that point, thinking I don't need all these gadgets that I kind of, I was a tech gadget person. Um, so I stopped buying all the, I mean, latest gear and stuff then and thought, what do I need it for? I'd rather spend time with my kids. So, You said you left when you were fi enough. Do you have <laughs> plans to go back after your kids are older or is what you're doing now going to get you to fi all the way? Or are you I, fi all the way? Are you more comfortable I with it? I feel I'm certainly thin fi. I don't know how far beyond thin fi I am. So, I mean, I feel confident. I mean, especially what, I guess going by... Uh, the 4% rule, not necessarily saying 4% and uh, keep on that same number and increasing every year, but 4% of whatever it is that year will never run out. So, I mean, I'm being very flexible. I mean, my lifestyle has changed significantly in the last um, two years. So, um, so no plans for another job? No plans for going back to W-2. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> And I like the word there. You said uh, thin fi and having you right here in front of us and seeing that you're wearing a plant-based life <laughs> shirt. He is certainly thin. <laughs> and and the, uh, the epitome of health. All right. Thanks for sharing. Thanks. So wrap it up here. Do you close out? Yep. Okay. So I'd like to give a special thank you to everybody who joined and shared their why of fi. It was Autumn, Zach, Chris, John, Sylvia, Juan, Lee, Becky, and lastly, Kip. It takes a lot of courage to come up in front of a bunch of strangers, but we don't really feel like strangers anymore, right? Because we've been here for a week. 
or, or it feels like a week. <laughs> We've been here for like 24 hours. <laughs> and that's the power of Camp Fi. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a time warp for sure. So, so the behind the scenes here is that in order to run a successful podcast, the behind the scenes is that you actually have no idea what you're doing. You make everything up on the fly. We came up with the idea to do this at dinner. And largely it was because I just wanted to walk down here and get a beer. <laughs> so as you go, share with us what you're actually drinking. Do you know? Oh, um, so this is, this is from Crested View. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, yes, this is from Crested View, and it is uh, uh, an amber. Yeah, Alpen Lager. Alpen Lager. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but is it good? It is good. Would you like to? <laughs> and so I have from Pikes Peak Brewing Company a Belgian golden ale, and it's already hot, so I need another one. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Bring another one. Oh, oh, rich people at 2 a.m. with their cream cheese. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, where's Zach? Zach, we need a butler. <laughs> Well, I'm very pleased to hear that Paula Pant thinks I'm successful because I don't know what I'm doing and I am definitely winging it. <laughs> I'm enjoying a lime-flavored, truly hard seltzer because I just wasn't in the mood for a beer tonight. But I was very thankful that Paula suggested we come down here, record a podcast, and drink. That's what I was going to do. Oh, yeah. yeah, but he's too slow. This butler needs to step up his game. Well, he said he needs to learn. <laughs> Zachary, the butler, brought me another uh, brewing company from Pikes Peak, uh, Devil's Head Red Ale. Well done. And that's a wrap. Okay, there you have it, Doc. We had an episode where my co-hosts were a lot better looking than you, but I do want to know what your thoughts were now that you've had a chance to listen to the episode. Well, first and foremost, it was a wonderful episode. And one thing about this podcast is this podcast is all about community. So it was great to have so many members from the community to come on and talk about their YFI. For us, it's great. We get all these content producers on. We get these people who are known in the financial independence community but on some level, that's not really what it's about. It's about the everyday Joe who's consuming this content, but is out there struggling and hopefully winning that victory of learning about financial independence and getting more and more financially savvy as time goes on. I'll tell you, I did learn something very clearly from this podcast. First and foremost, it seems to me that personal finance podcasters are a bunch of luscious. Yes, true. Guilty as charged. Especially the Stacking Benjamins guys. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, what really comes down to and what I heard in each and every voice when I listened to this recording is that financial independence is mostly about control and choices. You know, we like to say it's about money and we give people all these tips and tricks to make their money situation better. But that's not it at all. It's mostly I think about living your dreams. And so money is a tool and it helps us get to our dreams. But Really, 
it's not the purpose of what we're talking about here today. And I think you could hear it in the voices of all the participants. They didn't say, my goal is to have this much money. They said, it's to spend time with my kids. It's to be with my family. It's to travel. And strangely enough, you know, a lot of those things actually aren't expensive, right? We're talking about financial independence, having enough money to live on. And yet, most of what really fits in our value system is not amazingly expensive. It's not that costly. And so what it all comes down to is mindset. And that's what I kept on hearing over and over again. Uh, you know, it's not winning the lottery so that you're rich. It's not getting that next raise, although all those things help you. What really makes the difference between someone who pursues financial independence and someone who doesn't is changing their mindset. It's getting over some of that fear. And I think fear is one of those big hurdles, the fear and anxiety to think outside the box, to let go of keeping up with the Joneses, to get off the hedonic treadmill. We need to let go of all that fear and anxiety and start thinking about what's really important to us. And once you get past the mindset, the other thing that comes resoundingly clear through that recording is that financial independence is probably easier than we make it out to be. I didn't say it's simple, mm -hmm. but it's probably easier because once you get that mindset, you can accomplish anything. And once you decide what's really important for you, it becomes easier and easier to take those steps that you need to take to become financially independent. So what was wonderful is as I'm listening to all these people come up and talk, none of them were saying, gosh, Paul, this is just so hard. Hmm. I mean, did you hear that from anyone there? No, no. It wasn't, Paul, I don't know how to invest. I don't know how to do real estate. I don't know how to save. They might have said, I came here to learn about those things, but already you could see that their mindset had already shifted. And once the mindset shifts, it becomes a different reality. And I think that's really important. It's important to realize that if you can get past that mindset, uh, you can incrementally improve your life. And then financial independence doesn't seem like that big of a jump. It seems like a much more natural transition. Yes, and I think that is a perfect segue to my takeaway from this episode, which was the trigger event. Nearly all the people that came up had some sort of event in their life that kind of made them think, what am I doing? And it's a health scare. It's something you, know, you don't like your job. Something happens. You're like, what's going on right now doesn't work for me. And now they want to, that switches their mindset and then they go learn the mechanics. And after you learn the mechanics, it's natural to want to seek out community to figure out if I, I'm doing this the right way. Am I a nut for doing this in the first place? And that's why the community is so powerful because we have to learn how to basically rewrite our programming. Our culture tells us to live a certain way and we realize that we're trying to spend money to impress people we don't like. You know, what's the point in doing all that, right? Uh, okay, let's go find people we do like that don't necessarily have to spend money in order to justify their being around each other. And we just enjoy each other in a very casual setting. And it's funny, most of the conversations that you have at, at Camp Fies, they're either really deep into the mechanics and people will go through all these um, uh, details or they'll talk about this, their bigger aspects or their bigger dreams of life, their bigger goals in life and why it's important to them. And when they talk about those goals, those goals are never about money. I want to have $3 million so I can have this 4% rule for this. It's, and I, I think that's the right way to go. Figure out what you want to do and then back into the mechanics of making the money 
and becoming resourceful enough to, to raise the money or spend the money accordingly. Yeah, I love this concept of triggering events. You mentioned that each of these people had triggering events. We use life uncertainty to cling to our jobs. We use life uncertainty to cling to the traditional way of thinking. The mindset shift occurs when people have these trigger events, they live through life uncertainty and realize that life is uncertain no matter what they do. So as opposed to that life uncertainty causing them to be scared, it actually can help them embrace this idea of financial independence. Life is uncertain no matter what you're going to do. There are health scares, the job market changes, who knows? But what the people at Camp 5 figured out, what they clearly said is that life uncertainty should propel us faster towards financial independence, not the other way around. This is our sense of control. This is our sense of choice. We can't change the world, but we can change our actions. And what that does is that makes becoming financially independent gratifying unto itself. It makes the journey gratifying. And that's the other thing I heard from all these voices is a number of these people were not at financial independence or they were at thin fi or lean fi or there are these varying levels of fi. But what you realize is that the journey itself becomes gratifying and becomes an end unto itself. Will you reach fi? Will you not reach fi? Will it happen when you're 40? Will it happen when you're 50? None of the people talking really seemed worried about exactly when it was going to happen. It was using their knowledge and the journey to get them where they needed to be. And I think that message isn't talked about enough. When you make that mindset change, all of a sudden the journey itself becomes gratifying and the destination loses some of its importance. And that is extremely powerful because that means your life can change today, not tomorrow, not next month when you've saved up 20 times, not next year when you've saved up 25 times. That can happen today. And when you get groups of people together, to talk about these things, when you build community, when you come together at places like Camp Fi and FinCon and your local Chua's FI meetups, you realize that community is what helps us get there. It helps us change our mindset. It helps provide role models. It helps give us support. It's this community that shines so clearly in that podcast you guys did at Camp Fi. If you can build a community, if you can be the average of the 10, 15, or 20 people that you surround yourself with, you can build concrete goals, you can have the support you need to get to those goals, and you can take more control in your life and have more choice. And that clearly is what's up next. That may be the best outro I've ever done. (laughs) All right, one thing that's happened for sure is my co-host has gotten a lot better looking. (laughs) <laughs> should i grab a drink before this begins? yes all right because this isn't hard enough right here uh, yeah this is just peppermint yeah, what, tea wait, what is this peppermint tea, tea totally yeah so that takes pop-up podcasting to a whole nother level right there <laughs> it feels really good to be productive but a lot of the time it's easier said than done especially when you need to make time to learn about productivity so you can actually you know be productive but you can start your morning off right and be ready to get stuff done in just a few minutes with the Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day podcast. New episodes drop every weekday. So listen and subscribe to Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts. That's Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts.
You care about your money. Of course you do. So why aren't you listening to SoFi Daily? This podcast will keep you updated on the latest news in the stock market and how it could impact your financial life. Stay on top of what's happening. Listen to SoFi Daily wherever you get your podcasts. That's SoFi Daily wherever you get your podcasts.